0: For those who don't know me, my name is Adam Kasel. I'm the vision and administration pastor. You always do. That That was the big crescendo. Um, All right. That was unplanned. Uh, What I was planning was to give you all just a real brief uh, building and campaign update um, so we are, uh, we've communicated this a couple of times, but in case you've missed it, we are walking down the path to purchase this building. Yes. So yes, celebrate that. And please continue praying because we're in the midst of the negotiation process and trying to get um, a loan and all of those fun things um, that if, if you remember from, you know, buy, buying a, a home, it's even bigger. So um, please, please pray for that. Uh we didn't want to do the pledge part of the campaign until we knew for sure whether we were gonna be able to buy this building or not. Therefore, we're pushing, it was gonna be in January, we're gonna wait until April. So if you guys were, were wondering about that, thinking about that, praying about that, you get a couple more months to prayerfully consider what you might be able to give above and beyond your normal giving over the next two years. So just wanted to let you all know that. If you have any questions, please uh, come see me. Um, I now have the privilege and honor of welcoming up. Welp- let me try that again. Welcoming up, one of, of our mission partners, Bev Adkins. Bev, come on up. <laughs> so Bev and her husband John um, serve in Roatán, Honduras. We've got a short-term mission tr- uh, group that we have sent down a couple of times, and so we are so glad to have Bev here to uh, share with us an update.
1: I get to start? Yeah. I am not Bev. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been such a joy to have John and Bev. I feel like they're our missionaries because we sent them and have supported them for for five years now and sent teams down there every year to be with them and to bless them. I'm sorry. I saw someone I haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, so uh, uh, Bev is back now for a little bit uh, to share with us. I'm just going to go give the hard news, if that's okay, and then you can talk. Uh, uh, Bev came back. She had her annual eye exam, and the doctors have determined that she's got a melanoma on her eye, Mm -hmm. and so there'll be some procedures in January to to take care of that. As a result of that, they will be coming home from Roatan permanently um, this coming year. So I wanted to give that news so you could all hear that and then let Bev share whatever Bev would like to share.
2: Well, I'm going to back up just a little bit about what he said. That's really not the reason we're coming back. <laughs> that was just kind of the end product, I guess. Um, John and I had, well, let me tell some fun stuff first. I have fun. Let me, let me tell some fun stuff first. Um, first off, our verse has always been Jeremiah 33.3, 3, and that is, Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And that has always been ever since um, we left uh, five years ago. Uh, we just had our fifth anniversary living in Roatan, and uh, that was November the 3rd. And uh, if you can tell, I have a little bit of a cold, and uh, my grandson, who is five, uh, he was one month old when we left. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. That's true. Uh, we have four grandkids, but the little one is five now. And, uh, of course, he's just as great as the other ones, you know. But he he had a little cold, and, you know, they teach him in school to cough in his, his whatever arm. And he gets about right here and coughs. And so, you know, I got his cold. So, anyway, that's uh, that's, you know. Now, the word that you gave about the unity of the brethren, that is what we've been praying for on Mm -hmm. Roatan. The unity of the brethren, the unity of the pastors, is one thing that we have prayed for since the beginning. There's a a, a real spiritual thing going on on the island where pastors don't want to share, and if you go to their church and you get stolen from another church, and uh, you can't... Anyway. It's just a real big deal, but we have to have the unity. And it's becoming better and better all the time. And so we have seen it get better as we've been there. So uh, I just wanted to share that. But anyway, I just wanted to share a few things that made us happy and filled us with a lot of joy. As we were there, we have some really great friends that are there on the island, uh, particularly uh, two pastor friends uh, Pastor Jenny and Pastor Carol, and uh, to tell you the truth, when we were having financial difficulties, uh, just, I mean, we just, fig- we just found out about this just after our team left in October, the team that came from the vineyard, and uh, John came to me and said, Bev, he goes, um, we're having some problems here, and I didn't even know we were having, and it was almost as as if God you know, God opened up the door for us. We we went to Roatan underfunded, but we never felt it, ever, never, ever. I mean, money would come in, and it would just work. I mean, five years' worth. And uh, and then the last couple of uh, months, uh, John when John came to me, he said, he goes, Bev, I, I don't know what God's saying. He, he may be saying we need to go back home. And uh, so anyway, we put out a plea. We said, we're not going to give up so easily. We put out a plea and ask for money. And some money came in, but not near enough to keep us there for years. And uh, so we probably have enough money to stay for another six to eight months, which is wonderful because we are able to, excuse me, we are able to, you know, finish up what we were doing and get leaders put in place where we feel like, you know, that could take over what we're doing, you know, on the island. But our friends, the uh, Pastor Carol and Pastor Jenny, both, one lives on the east end of the island, one lives on the west end of the island, and uh, both came to us and said, you know, no, I don't want you to go, 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 but I feel like we have to let you go. And so that was one. And the other, the other one said, um, I just felt like God, would, I, you know, they fast and pray a lot. And so she said, after fasting and praying, she said, I just want you to know that I really feel like God is saying that it's time for you to go back. <laughs> I mean, you know, here here, these women that pour their life into Roatan. And, uh, and they're, they're giving us the okay, you know. I mean, they're sad. I mean, breaking with, you know, tears and the whole bit. And, but they're, they're saying, I, I think this is what God wants you to do. So anyway, after our five years there, um, we are going to be headed back home. Now, I'm not sure exactly when. Uh, like I said, we'll probably be there six to eight months. Uh, but then we'll, we'll be coming back. But we've just had a lot of fun getting to know the Islanders and getting to know the culture, uh, having missions groups come over to see us. Uh, prior to uh, Jane and, and uh, Edward bringing over teams, we took teams over. And so we've probably been there, what, Jane, nine times maybe with groups of people. And so uh, it's, it, it's always a great thing and a great blessing. And, and uh, I, I think people that go there, really get a blessing from what's going on in Roatan. God is definitely not through with Roatan, that is for sure. And uh, one of the ladies said to me, but I think, Bev, that maybe you can help us more stateside than you can even here. But she said, you know, like uh, a lot of things that we do uh, when you're sharing about Jesus, it's, it's like some people plant the seed, some people water the seed, and some people get to harvest the seed. And uh, I took that with great comfort because I feel like we have done a lot of work on Roatan. Uh, being there five years, the people trust us, and uh, we love them uh, beyond measure. We love them, and those that have come to visit know that they they fall in love with our the people. And uh, so, anyway, I just wanted to share uh, some of that. That, um, and and then just some funny things that have happened. That bring us joy, Um, is, uh, have any of you ever, I know men go to barbers, but there's a barbershop in Coxon Hall that I have been wanting to go to forever. So about the last couple of years, uh, I have a friend that has a very short haircut, kind of like mine, and uh, she's an islander, and so she took me to an island barbershop, and I walk in, and I am the only white girl there. And all these men are looking at me like, what are you doing here? And anyway, so then all of a sudden this guy starts singing just a little praise song. And I go, wow, I was just singing that. For the next 15 minutes, we had worship in this barbershop. I mean, come on, That's, that's like, who does that? That's good, that's good stuff. I feel like that was a God thing. So, uh, But, you know, John's got to preach in I don't know how many open-air churches, and we have just got to share Jesus on the street. We do a lot of street ministry. And, um, you know, again, I hope you can tell by what I'm saying is that we just love these people. We don't particularly want to go home, but, you know, when God— I would never come home if God didn't say it was okay because that would be a miserable life. But John and I both feel very much at peace, and we feel like this is God saying, you know, uh, of course, with this thing on my eye, uh, I'm going to have to go to the doctor a little bit more than usual, so the flights back and forth is, you know, is very expensive. And uh, so it just, just that in itself, just and, and we had decided prior to me going to the doctor. So, you know, how good is God? You know, he, he, he let us hear from others, and we sought counsel from other people. And, uh, and all that counsel was so good and so uplifting and so helpful. And um, we just feel like it's our time to come back and kind of see what God wants us to do here. And that's probably the scariest part right there is coming back here not knowing exactly what we're going to be doing, and except loving on our grandkids. I do know that. I, that, that's a that's a given and our kids and so anyway I just wanted to share that and uh, let's see was there anything else that I was going to share um, um, nope so if you got our newsletter you kind of knew that already but I just wanted to share in person what was going on
1: Good. let's stand let's pray for Bev thank you God for Bev and John thank you for their service for their love for their true, authentic faith in Jesus and the way that that oozes out of them everywhere they go. I ask God that you bless them, bless Bev with your healing touch. John, as he's in Roatan making uh, preparations, and then as they're back, saying goodbye and um, saying hello to the new season. We ask that you bless them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Of course you can. can, I, can what I, am I going to say, no?
2: Well, <laughs> here's one thing. As I was talking to John, I, I was talking to him last night uh, about, you know, coming and getting to speak this morning. We just wanted to say one more time that it doesn't matter how old you are. Hi, Amy. It doesn't matter how old you are. God can use you at any age. And it doesn't matter whether it's next door or you go to Africa, or you go to Honduras, or wherever you go, I mean, God can use you no matter whether you're a little kid to whether you're as old as John and I or older. And uh, But God wants to use us. You know, he wants us to just step out and open up our mouths. And I wanted to encourage you to do that.
1: Okay. thanks, Beth. Thank you. Okay, all right.
2: Why don't you stand up for a second, uh, open up your mouth
1: and talk to someone and find someone you either I haven't met before or you'd like to say hi to. All right, you can find a seat again. If you can't find your seat, you can steal somebody else's, that's fine. Well, I have to talk about sort of a tough subject this morning. Joy. <laughs> I heard an, oh gosh, I kind of scared you. <laughs> it's tough, not because it's tough. It's tough because it's not my specialty, personally. Uh, Advent, peace, I got that. Hope, I'm real good at. Love, I love that one. Uh, joy, yeah, wow, I, did, I failed that one in college. Um, uh, but uh, this is what we get to talk about this morning, um, and I'm and I'm glad for it. Just as a reminder, if you're coming into the church, you know, after a thousand times or for the first time, you want to get connected to the church. We've got posters out there, QR codes. We love for you to be connected to a home group or to the ministries that we do, and um, also uh, invite you back next uh, Sunday night. We will have church Sunday morning, and then we will have Christmas Eve service at seven o'clock. That's our candlelight service. One of the more traditional things we do and is really cool and really fun. And then uh, in case you're planning one week in advance, uh, two weeks, we will not have Sunday morning service uh, here on uh, New Year's, what would you call that? New Year's Eve day. Yeah, we won't be here. So you can come if you want, but uh, no one else will be here. So (laughs) see how that goes for you. Okay. Hold on, I'm having more technical troubles like I had before and... We'll hope that nobody dies here. (laughs) Can you guys pray I get a new iPad for Christmas? (laughs) All right. Um, About uh, two years ago, I was on uh, sort of a mini sabbatical, a couple of weeks in... uh, at a cabin on a lake. It was great. Uh, But I was really there because I was desperate for God and uh, struggling personally. And there was, uh, so we had some time there and I was uh, in the bedroom one time just (laughs) praying in the morning, just asking God help. I need your help. I need your strength. And um, so I'm praying there and my spiritual director had suggested that I do something called gratitude journaling just beginning with gratitude, writing down what I'm thankful for, and then asking God to interact with my gratitude. Um, on the day before uh, that, Jane and I had been walking, and we saw two eagles. Now, I think eagles are awesome. I've never seen an eagle, like a live eagle. This was my first time. So I see this eagle, and I'm just astounded. I'm I'm amazed. And uh, so anyway... I'm in my uh, time crying out to God, and I'm trying to do this practice of gratitude journaling, like, okay, God, I'm thankful for the eagle. (laughs) That was my attitude, really. The eagle was cool. (laughs) Um, I don't know about you, but for me, ever since growing up in western Pennsylvania, for me, the red fox, I'm interested that you talked about the foxes. My foxes are good. Yours are bad. The red fox has been a sign for me of God's presence. So I don't know what that sign is for you. You know, it might be a rainbow. It might be a cardinal. It might be Starbucks sign. I don't know. Whatever it is, that you have the sense God is present. But for me, it's a red fox. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm writing in my journal. I'm beginning to, to thank God um, for the eagle. And I'm just writing down, God, it was amazing. I saw that eagle, and I thought, um, I thought you're present. Oh, my gosh. die here (laughs) Nick's not even here to help me do I have it somebody Nate said I got it okay (laughs) so uh, anyway I think we're all healed here so uh so there I am, and i'm writing about I'm writing about the eagle and uh I was just writing down in my journal, you know, God, when I saw the eagle, I did feel like you were present, I thought you were present, i thought you were you were there for me, that you were close, and it seemed like an important word to me present, and so i um i uh I'm sorry, i can't <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Something's going bad here. So, um, I, uh, I bolded the word present, you know, like God is here. And as I did that, I looked out the window and a red fox ran by, uh, right across, um, the deck. And then about three seconds later, the red fox went back again. And I'm like, Jane, you have to look out the window. There's a fox out there. Um, this red fox had come up two um, stories on the deck just to run across there and run back so that I think that I could know that God was present. Um, it, was, it was amazing to me. And what I learned in that moment is that when you're thankful, God will send your favorite animal <laughs> or a mythical creature. No, that's not what I learned. What I actually learned is that gratitude is a pathway for joy. Gratitude is a pathway for joy. I learned that and I and I realized, though it's not my specialty, as I enter into gratitude, I have an open path to joy. So we're in the third uh, uh, Sunday of Advent. We're talking about joy and here's where we're headed. Joy is commanded by God. We see that all through the New Testament and the Old Testament. But joy is a pathway. uh, Gratitude is is a pathway to joy. Joy is commanded, and it's easy for some of us and harder for others. But gratitude is a pathway to joy. So I'd ask you to open your Bible, Luke chapter 1, if you have a Bible. Some of it will be on the screen. Give you a little context Luke chapter 1. We're in the Christmas story. What a shocker. In Luke chapter 1, we see uh, Zechariah at the beginning of the chapter. And Zechariah is a priest, and he's called to do his work in the temple. And an angel of the Lord comes to Zechariah in the the middle of his temple service. And this angel says to Zechariah, you know, your, your wife is going to have a child. His wife, Elizabeth, was barren, and he was, a, he was like, how could this happen? Basically, he didn't believe, so God struck him dumb. And for nine months, Zechariah couldn't speak. Um, so Elizabeth, though barren, um, just after that, she becomes pregnant. And um, so right after that, about six months into um, Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth's cousin, Mary, is confronted also by an angel. And that angel announces to her that though she's unmarried, she will become pregnant with a son and that uh, she would name him Jesus. So we'll pick up the story there just as Elizabeth meets Mary, her cousin. So I would ask you, if you can, hear this story again, if possible, for the first time. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. as he promised. Again, just want to reiterate, Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Mary's gratitude is her pathway to joy. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and fill us, give us uh, the wisdom of gratitude God, release um, your word to us this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I referred to it before. Joy is commanded by God in the scripture. Philippians 4, Paul says, Philippians 4, 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. You probably know Paul wrote that letter from prison. So he's got a thing, uh, knows a thing or two about gratitude. And the command is rejoice. In God, First Thessalonians five sixteen through eighteen, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For that's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Those are commands. The Christmas story is announced in the context of joy. Luke two, the angel says to the shepherd, and uh, Adam mentioned it. The angel says to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Jesus brings joy. Now this will sound a little bit cheesy, but I'm not above cheesy. I was walking uh, this uh, last week, early morning, and um, praying, worshiping, And as I was walking up a street by our house, I saw this um, yard sign and it said joy. It was real big. It said joy. And in the middle of joy was was the manger scene, was Jesus. And it wasn't lost on me that Jesus is the center of joy, that Jesus is the reason that we have joy, that joy emanates from him and he is the center of all joy. Jesus made us for joy. You know, John 15, where Jesus is encouraging the disciples and us, remain in me, you know, uh, stay in me, know my love for you, remain in my love for you, and be fruitful. And in the midst of all that, he, he says, I tell you these things. I command you to love and to be fruitful and to remain because I want my joy to be in you. And he says, and, and, and my prayer is that my joy in you would be complete. We were made for joy. We were built for it. Joy is commanded. We're we're made for it. Gratitude is a pathway to joy. So I referred to 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for that's God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's a command. Rejoice, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all things. I read that, and I just wondered if maybe the converse, the sort of backwards version of that, is an instruction for the pathway to joy. If we give thanks in all things, we're forced to be connected to God eternally. When you're always giving thanks, you're always praying. You're always connected with God. If we're always connected to God, it's easier to rejoice, always. So I just wonder if that instructs us, you know. It's, it's harder to say, I'm going to rejoice. You know, you ever get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be really joyful today. And then you walk out the door and bang your knee and, you're, and, and it's all over, right? If we can give thanks in the midst of our banging of the knee, if we can pray, God, be with me in the midst of this, then we have access to the joy that is the, re- is the reality of God being in control of all things in our lives. Science supports this. How many of you heard of Brene Brown? Anybody read? She's probably scandalously heretical. But her science is good. <laughs> She's a social researcher and she says, in 12 years of research and 11,000 pieces of data I did not interview even a single person who would describe themselves as joyful who did not actively practice gratitude. Research reflects this over and over again, that gratitude has impact on joy. Dr. Summer Allen, don't you wish your name was Summer? Dr. Summer Allen of uh, UC Berkeley, She studies gratitude, and she says our brains and our bodies are designed to thrive on gratitude. In general, more grateful people are happier, more satisfied with their lives, less materialistic, and less likely to suffer from burnout. UCLA has a mindfulness and awareness center. They say regularly expressing gratitude changes the molecular structure of your brain increases happiness, decreases depression and anxiety, and makes us more resilient. They say that gratitude has a major part in helping us deal with stress and trauma. God built us for gratitude and joy. Gratitude is a pathway to joy. I'm guessing that we can realize that the converse is true also, right? Ingratitude robs joy. Ingratitude uh, keeps us from walking into joy. So Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. I don't think that's gratitude for adversity. I think that's gratitude in the midst of adversity and affliction. It's not gratitude as denial, like nothing bad's happening, nothing bad's happening. No, we're in the midst of it, and it's hard, but we give thanks anyway. It's not gratitude as masochism, you know, like, God, just bring it on. I can take it. No, it's gratitude as faith. It's gratitude as faith that's rooted in deep-centered love and a trust for God who says, I am sovereign over all things. Gratitude makes sense in spite of our lives. So Mary erupts in joy in this passage from Luke 1. Her spirit rejoices not because she has no fear, I don't think. Not because everyone's now happy with this single woman being pregnant. I don't think that's the case. Not because she now knows and understands like the entire realm of history. Not because all of a sudden she realizes, oh, this is all going to be fine. No, I think she erupts in joy because she believes God is at work. And she gives him thanks for who he is and what he's done. So if you look back at the scripture, what does it say? Her, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. Why? For he has performed mighty deeds, gratitude. For he has scattered the proud, gratitude. For he has brought down rulers, gratitude. For he has lifted up the humble, gratitude. For he has satisfied the hungry, gratitude. For he has remembered to be merciful, I think it's gratitude. For Mary, gratitude, even when she was uncertain and maybe feeling a tad nervous, gratitude was her pathway to joy. What's God done in your life? What can you be grateful for today in the midst of challenge that might be a pathway? for you to walk on, on your way to joy. It's not always easy. Jane and I were in a church before we came here 22 years ago. We were in a church in Pittsburgh. A pastor named Joseph Garlington, unbelievable pastor. I mean, just great church. And I remember him talking. He was speaking one day from uh, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 is talking about faith. And it says in uh, Hebrews 10, 34, And many people joyfully accepted the confiscation of their property. Like people were so certain of where they were headed, so certain of Jesus' presence with them, that they were joyful when people took their stuff. And so uh, Joseph Garlington said, now that's a tough one, you know? Like, what do you do? Oh God, my car was stolen. Um," And this is what he said, I'm thankful I wasn't in it. But yes, yes, I'm thankful I wasn't in it. Sometimes it's hard. I have a friend named Nancy, Nancy Brush. Many of you know Nancy. She's a friend of mine. She's a friend of this church. And um, I'm just going to tell her story. I asked her this week if I could, and she said, absolutely, if it will encourage people. Nancy was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia at the age of 33. And she said probably the... uh, the troubles began at about age 10, but they really came to the forefront when she got married. I don't think this is a condemnation of marriage. <laughs> I just think when we're close, all the stuff comes up, right? And so um, she said sometimes her husband would find her in the corner in a fetal position, just crying. And she didn't know uh, he didn't know if she would become hysterical or that she would uh, come against him in rage. She had hallucinations, thoughts of suicide, debilitating fear. She finally went to the doctor, the psychiatrist, and the, doc- and the psychiatrist diagnosed, you're, you're, a sper- you're a paranoid schizophrenic, and basically there's nothing we can do for this. There's no way out of schizophrenia. She said that very week of that diagnosis officially, a book she came across a book, it was called From Prison to Praise, Guy, I think his name is Merlin Carruthers. I actually read this book like 30 years ago. And the emphasis of the book was the importance of gratitude, of of thanking God in the midst of whatever your circumstances are. So I'm just going to quote Nancy at some length here. Um, She's written her testimony, and it's in a book I think that will come out. This is what she says. The chaos was so great in my mind and the civil war was so intense. I needed a simple childlike step and this scripture, give thanks in all things, was that lifeline. My diligence to give thanks became my only purpose in life. As I focused on giving thanks, I ignored and looked past the tormenting voices, the demonic demands to hurt myself. The hallucinations, the delusions, the rage, the fears, the terror, the self-hatred. I was taking a tiny step of faith, focusing on giving thanks. As the weeks and months went by, something shifted and slight changes were happening. I did not know God very well, but this gratitude helped me to loosen the grip of my own controlling hand with which I protected myself. I was allowing him to take over instead. Giving thanks provided an open door to connect with God and lead me to a miracle. This word from God began to quiet the tormenting voices. It built capacity in my innermost being and opened my heart to receive his blessing and his promises. One day after three months of giving thanks, I got annoyed with my husband and started to argue with him. I know her husband, Ron, he's passed now, but you could be annoyed with Ron. (laughs) I got annoyed with my husband and started to argue with him. And the Lord spoke and said, Nancy, will you do it my way? This was the first time I heard his voice, and it was unmistakably different than the other voices. His voice was firm, but kind and directive. And it felt comforting. Immediately I said, yes, Lord. I apologized to my husband and we went to bed in peace. I woke the next morning with my brain totally transformed. The schizophrenia was gone. Colors were vivid and great peace filled me. I'm just reading her words. A river of life was bubbling up through me. Exuberant joy and energy were bursting through me as I jumped out of bed. I went back to the psychiatrist once more and he gave me a clean bill of mental health. He was shocked. He said, I've never seen anything like this before, but you do not have paranoid schizophrenia anymore. Now, for the next 20 years, she had to work through in her mind, her soul, and her body the effects of abuse and challenge and difficulty. We live in bodies that have challenges because of sin and and, uh, affliction, right? But in her gratitude, God spoke to the deepest problem and brought his healing. She says this, I did not understand all of this at the time, but now I know that as I gave thanks to God, moment by moment, instead of focusing on my torment, I trusted him for an answer. With every thank you, I submitted to him and put my faith in him. My heart was changed, my mind renewed, and my body healed. I released my hatred and forgave every time I thanked him. There were times when I said it all wrong, but he understood the willingness and intent of my heart. Gratitude is a pathway to joy. And that's a fun story if it's just someone out there, but I knew, I know Nancy. I sat in her office dozens of times as she counseled me through my anxiety and my depression and my ingratitude. And there's a joy about Nancy Brush that is unmistakable. It's because Jesus has come into her life and done something, and he did it through gratitude. That's her testimony. So what I say is, let's start walking in gratitude, right? My um, daughter and son-in-law have a thing they do with their four-year-old and their two-year-old. It's called the thankfulness game. Doesn't that sound fun? When someone's a little off, when someone's not so grateful, when someone's having a moment, whether that's the four-year-old, the two-year-old, or the 33-year-olds, one of them, and sometimes it is the kids, one of them will say, how about a round of the thankfulness game? Now, I've been on the other end of that, when you're not the grateful one, that's tough to take. How about a round of the thankfulness game? But it works. It just does. And I've sat around the table with them, you know, and someone's complaining or something, and, or I'm complaining, and, and we just begin to thank God for what is, what he has done, who he is in our lives. What, what problem has he delivered us from? Where has he shown himself to be present? You know, what promises have we uh, uh, received from him? It's a discipline. Mary erupted into joy because she remembered what God had done. It actually doesn't say Mary chose joy. It says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices. It's kind of like it happened within her because she was focused on gratitude. God saw Mary, Mary saw God seeing her, Mary gave thanks, God saw Mary giving thanks, Mary's soul erupted in joy. That was my experience in depression and anxiety, giving gratitude for the eagle, and then the fox goes by, as if to say, I'm here. What you really want, your deepest need, I'm right here. My deepest need is not the red fox. My deepest need is what the red fox for me signifies. God's present. Emmanuel, right? God is with us. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. As we close today, I would uh, recommend a book called The Joyful Journey by uh, Jim Wilder and some others. In that book is this uh, uh, concept of gratitude journaling. It's not complicated. I'll put the, the four steps on the website, on my notes, but it's not complicated. It's a discipline of waking up in the morning and saying, God, I'm going to be thankful today and writing down what you're thankful for and then simply taking that journal and turning it around and saying, God, what do you have to say about my gratitude? When I was giving thanks for the eagle, God interrupted my gratitude with his presence and with joy. That's what God loves to do. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the gift of Jesus, who is at the center of joy. I thank you, God, for giving us a pathway to joy, gratitude, and for all the commands and the the filling of your Holy Spirit to walk in gratitude. God, release your grace upon us to walk in thanksgiving and gratitude and release your joy among us as a people. As we've been doing every week during Advent, we've got... Um, a jar in the front we've got pieces of paper and we've been writing down prayer requests for people that need hope or places where we need hope people that need peace or places where we need peace this morning i just want to take a little bit of a, a different tack i'd invite you to come forward and write on the piece of paper the name or the initials of one person in your life who needs joy if you want to write five but just names and initials that's fine But then on the other side, write one thing that you're grateful for. So we can start down the track of gratitude on the way to joy. So I would ask you to stand up now and come forward. This is our ministry time. Come on forward and write on the pieces of paper, name or initials of people in your life that need joy. And then on the back, one thing that you're grateful to God for that he's done in your life. You can come forward and we'll take a few minutes to bring our prayers to God. you're done with those you can just put them in the jar right here we've got a team of people that are praying over these we prayed for 156 hope requests 134 peace requests just storm up wherever you need to go around there's room over here storm over here if you can't find a pen go get one from the seat want to remind you as we do this practice, this discipline, every time you walk forward, every time you write somebody's name down, you're expressing faith that the God who is in control of all things will will intervene in these people's lives. You are expressing faith just by walking forward. and God's pleased with faith. He's attracted to it. Let's stand. have some ministry team members on the, on the sides here if you want someone to pray for you. Something related to this message or whatever God might be stirring in your heart right now. God, thank you for gathering us for the purpose of joy this morning. I ask, Lord, that you would uh, cause us to go out in joy and to be led forth in peace that the joy of the Lord would be our strength and that as we walk out into the world, that the people that we interact with would feel from us the hope of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, and the joy of Jesus. We pray in his name, amen. If you'd like prayer, you can go to the sides. We'll have some people there. Otherwise, go in peace this day.